0: Good oral health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable, and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease, and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body, and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more, and we're not listening to it. Come along with me on this journey, and I'll give you a whole new perspective of the importance of taking care of your mouth and the long-term effects it has not only on your oral health, but also your overall systemic health. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers just like you having the same struggles that you are because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy. Because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. And it all starts with you. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about airway orthodontics. This is a relatively new term, especially for me being a dental hygienist for over 30 years. I'm still a bit stunned and dismayed by the fact that I have not heard about this sooner. I would have changed the way I handled my daughter's orthodontics had I known about this when she was little. We'll talk more about that later, but I am bringing awareness to topics like this one and more that will change the way we look at our kids, their health, their growth and development, starting with their mouth and the way they breathe at an earlier age. So before we get into airway orthodontics and what is it, let's talk a little bit about breathing and why it's essential to life. Most living things need oxygen to survive. Oxygen helps organisms grow, reproduce, and turn food into energy. Humans get the oxygen they need by breathing through their nose and mouth if they have no other option, but getting it into their lungs. Oxygen gives our cells the ability to break down foods in order to get the energy we need to survive and thrive. It's important to pay attention to how you breathe and how your child breathes. And generally, it's healthier to breathe through your nose instead of your mouth. And that's because your nose is a more natural way. It helps your body effectively use the air that's inhaled to get the parts of the body that it needs. It warms, filters, and humidifies the air and gives you the nitric oxide CO2 exchange that you need. At a physiological level, breath is literally life. The oxygen we take into our bodies through breath is processed through our lungs, our heart, and our blood, where it's transferred to the body to every single cell, including our brains, to help us think and focus clearly. When we breathe through our nose, we get 18% more oxygen that our body needs. If you're a nose breather, your tongue creates a good definition in your cheekbones, a wider face through the forces exerted with how your tongue is against your jaw and the roof of your mouth. Tongues of mouth breathers have nowhere to rest, resulting in facial changes as time goes on and as people grow. So how does mouth breathing affect people? People who breathe through their mouth and not their noses are more likely to develop sleep disordered breathing, including sleep apnea. Children who are mouth breathers are more likely to have dental problems, cavities, malocclusions, facial differences, be diagnosed with ADHD. This is why airway orthodontics is something that we need to know about because where your tongue rests in your mouth is gonna directly affect whether or not your child breathes through their nose or their mouth and whether or not they're going to need braces in the future. Breathing through our mouth might seem harmless, but it leads to a variety of problems. Your teeth can become compromised when you inhale your teeth, your jaw, your nasal cavities are negatively affected by chronic mouth breathing. And that's why you need the help of a dentist, an airway dentist, a myofunctional therapist, somebody that collaborates in this airway space to discover what are happening when you're breathing through your mouth or through your nose crooked teeth and poor facial structure is something that happens. So your dental and facial structures start developing even in the womb. The breathing routine gets more accustomed as you carry on through life. Think about it. What's the first thing that happens when you're born? They smack you on the butt and you start crying, inhaling air and breathing right away. Most babies can't breathe through their mouth until they're three months old. They have to breathe through our nose. That's way, the way we were meant to breathe. So that's why it's important that we look at these things, proper functioning muscles allow your tongue to rest against your inner jaw developing the shape of your teeth and your face. Did you know that your tongue is strong enough to exert 500 grams of force? That is equivalent to one pound of pressure on your teeth if your tongue pushes forward on your teeth every time you swallow. So it only takes 1.7 grams of force to move the tooth. So your tongue actually has enough strength to overpower your teeth. And think about what that does to the position of how your face looks. This muscle is 100% a muscle organ, and it determines the size and shape of your upper jaw. When you're a mouth breather, your tongue gets lost in your mouth. It's not resting on the roof of your mouth. It's just floating on your mouth or resting down low without tongue pressure in the correct spot on the roof of your mouth, your jaw tends to become narrow. A narrow jaw means a narrower face and not enough room for your tongue, which then creates crooked teeth and a smaller airway. Your habits impact your facial structures. So if you're a nose breather, your tongue creates good definition, cheekbones, a wider face, because that force is exerted onto the roof of your mouth or the hard palate your tongue, when it doesn't have a place to rest, all of those things change. And then you also tilt your head backwards or forward, which affects your posture and the shape of your face and neck. So think of it. If you look at someone and they're sitting and their mouth is slightly open, look at their posture. Are their shoulders rolled forward? Are they leading forward? This usually is what accompanies a mouth breather. So identifying mouth breathing and younger people are going to help improve the way that their jaw and teeth grow. If it's left too long and it becomes chronic, it requires intervention to correct the problem. And it's a lot more invasive the older we are. Your jaw can be altered and you can have straight teeth with various orthodontic tools, palatal expanders. But it's really best to be able to identify and monitor these situations earlier. Starting at an earlier age will create solid habits and routine that will impact good facial growth and development and teeth structure. Also, the food that we're eating plays a huge role in the development of our jaws. And I learned a lot about this from Dr. Boyd. He's a pediatric orthodontist in Chicago, Illinois. And he worked with my father-in-law, who's an orthodontist. He worked with my ex, who is an orthodontist. And I have been following him and learning from him and studying to learn a lot of the stuff that he talks about. He is amazing. And he's collaborating with a lot of amazing people. And there's an evolutionary biologist named Daniel Lieberman. He wrote a book, Um, the story of the human body. Most hunter-gatherers had nearly perfect dental health, and apparently orthodontics and dentists were rarely needed in the Stone Age. So what happened? Advancements of teeth straining didn't start until the 18th century in 1728. With Pierre Frachat, he wrote a book, The Surgeon-Dentist, and it was about a device, kind of like a mouth guard, that helps your teeth be in the correct position. So all of this happened, malocclusion, dental crowding. And two malocclusion and dental crowding all happened 12,000 years ago with the earliest farmers. Hunter gatherers had almost no malocclusion or dental cavities. It didn't become common until farmers and the agricultural revolution because it changed the foods that we eat the way that we chew changed our growth and development and it created what is now known as malocclusion. Malocclusion is the misalignment or the wrong relationship between the upper arch of your teeth and the lower arch of your teeth. And it was first coined by Edward Engel. He's known as the father of modern orthodontics and he was a genius. He lived between 1855 and 1930 and he was basically the founder of the dental specialty that we know of now, which is orthodontics. And he created the angle classifications. And in order to create order from the chaos of what he was seeing, he made these interventions and identification of dental occlusion. And he put them into three categories, not simply the irregularity of where the teeth were, but the classifications of what the molar relationship was and how we looked at things. So his classifications looked at the maximal interceptal cuspal position in relationship to the molar position. And that's how he determined his classifications. So again, a lot of these classifications you can see in utero as Dr. Boyd is studying and pointing out, but Dr. Engel had three basic classifications for malocclusion. So class one is where the mesial buccal cusp of the maxillary first molar lines up in the groove with the mandibular first molar and that shows the relationship of how your teeth come together and how your actual profile looks. And this is most commonly a retronathic profile is what we call class two. And that's where the mesial cusp of a maxillary first molar is in the groove of the mandibular first molar. And it's now not in line. So the maxillary first molar comes before the mandibular first molar. And it gives you that kind of tucked back chin appearance from your side profile. And it's normally called a retronathic profile that we talked about. Class two has a division two where the molars are retroclined to the central incisors. So that means that the molars in relationship are off. And a lot of times the front teeth come out a little further into an overbite situation. And a lot of those people develop what's called a tongue thrust where your tongue thrusts forward. And, you know, again, that's the chicken or the egg is the position of the tongue and thrusting forward that caused this malposition. And again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And then there's a class three, which is called the pronathic profile. And that's where the lower front teeth come in front of the upper front teeth. And this is where the mandibular molar is actually in front of the maxillary upper molar and resulting in your chin kind of being forward when you look at that side profile. So these are the three cat classifications and our mouth's look into it. So not everyone has these perfectly aligned pearly whites. Dental crowding is really common, especially since the agricultural revolution and in children these day and age. Poor alignment of the teeth affects one in five people now. So this is why airway orthodontics is really important because not only is our jaw and our teeth malaligned, our tongue is not in the right position and it's making our airway smaller, making it more difficult to breathe. And that's why this something that we need to know about. What is airway focused orthodontics? It is a philosophy that exceeds everything in contemporary orthodontics. It focuses on clinical orthodontics aimed at achieving ideal jaw growth. By establishing normal function and performance with optimal contact of not only the teeth, but also the tongue position. So that's where myofunctional therapy is starting to come in with orthodontics because the orthodontist will straighten your teeth. The myofunctional therapist will give you exercises to control your tongue. If you have a tongue tie or a tethered tissue, it means your tongue can't move. It doesn't have the mobility it needs to be in the proper position. So that's where sometimes now we're wanting to release that tethered tissue sooner and earlier and not saying it's okay or it will outgrow. It won't stretch all by itself. So airway orthodontics is really important in establishing the link between optimal breathing, optimal tooth position, and long-term health benefits. It actually centers on oral habits, on breathing obstructions that can actually force the body to compensate, causing lower oxygen levels getting to our brain and our body. So when I was a teenager, the theory was to wait until all your baby teeth were gone and then remove the four premolars that were supposedly causing the crowding to make room for all of your teeth. Then we put braces on to align them. So now this extraction versus non-extraction has become a big controversy. And for me, they were telling me that I needed to wear orthodontics again, open those spaces back up. So that way I could breathe better and sleep better. So my generation that had these teeth removed in their teenage years are now having problems with their jaw. They're having TMJ problems, chronic headaches, chronic neck aches, forward posture. They're having breathing issues. And many of us in our 50s are now wearing CPAP machines to breathe better and force oxygen up our nose. The problem is if you're having this malocclusion, even though your teeth look straight, sometimes CPAP machines are not going to help you. So this is where airway orthodontics attest to the overall lack in understanding of what the bigger picture is in the patient's health of where my generation was when we were teenagers. So again, it's like arguing over which comes first, the chicken or the egg. So Dr. Barry Raphael, Dr. Mark Cruz, Dr. Richard Robley, Dr. Kevin Boyd, plus a bunch of others that I'm going to talk about a little later are talking about airway problems, structure, function, behavior, and how it leads to these consequences that are going to affect our kids as they get older or that are affecting adults now. So the duality around um, the problem is really important. So it's created obstructive sleep apnea, which is a condition that causes momentary repeated cessation of breathing. So you stop breathing, There's also airway flow limitation or sleep fragmentation, where it's arousals in the middle of the night from a narrow airway, a narrow palate, and it makes it harder to breathe. So our throat is what the problem is at night when we breathe, and that is affecting our day and night, our cognitive function, our brain function, our ability to focus, what we choose to eat. Nobel um, Prize winning biochemist, Albert since Grecki, I think is how you say it, he built his theory on the premise that nature answers questions and that maybe we're asking the wrong questions. So we need to start looking at what questions are we asking? So let's look at what questions we're asking around airway orthodontics and are we changing the approach of what we're looking at so there's now new guidelines and that we should start looking at our kids before all of their baby teeth fall out maybe we should start looking at our kids when they're two or three many of the orthodontic thought leaders with the american association of orthodontists are reframing the questions in terms of airway when we talk about teeth and malocclusion so like questions like does sleep apnea cause malocclusion or does malocclusion cause sleep apnea or is it the tongue position these are all things that we need to talk about So again, reframing the question and does the question involve teeth and malocclusion or does the question involve breathing and breathing only and what we should be looking at in our mouth? So what is a healthy functioning airway and what is not? Breathing, we all know, is imperative to survival moment to moment, it feeds every cell in our body and the oxygen that we bring into our body helps regulate our blood pH, the pH in our body, which controls how it gets delivered to our cells. I know with going through cancer that an acidic environment creates cancer. Cancer and cavities do not grow unless there is an acidic environment in the body. So optimal breathing, when done through our nose, it actually filters the air that enters our lung. It's powered by our diaphragm and it fills our lungs in an effort to to increase the rate, the volume and the temperature of the air that goes into our body. So breathing should be easy, silent through our nose. And these optimal behaviors develop through evolution for us to survive and thrive. And the evolution is not good for what we see going on right now. If our breathing suddenly stops, we can't go for more than a few seconds without oxygen, our brain goes into survival mode, and it activates the sympathetic nervous system. So when we are in that, we're always in fight or flight. And the hypothalamus pituitary or Renogram, the HPA, is extremely sensitive to the blood oxygen that's happening in our body, especially if breathing stops. Behaviors in our body to restore oxygen are necessary for our survival, and that's mostly when we sleep. So when we're snoring, grinding our teeth, breathing through our mouth at night, it blocks off some of the things that we need and we're in fight or flight all night long. So we never get that rest and digest that we need for our bodies to survive. The same thing happens when we have a narrow airway from keeping our tongues down and not in the refer mouth. It creates this obstructive sleep apnea or sleep arousals that change our body. It's important that we note that what these chronic threats are to our breathing, our behavior Behaviors and what it does to our oxygen levels over time. So these suboptimal behaviors create compensations, and then it definitely creates a chronic threat. Our bodies have An ability, an incredible ability to compensate. And we're even unaware that this is happening. When these compensations happen, they lead to habit changes and side effects that are unattended and they become chronic problems in themselves. So it's important to look do you have these compensations? What is happening? Ask these questions. The compensations create consequences, and these consequences actually affect the structure, function, and behavior. So let's talk a little bit about. Structure in the anatomy of the airway. There is a specific size and shape that is ideal for how we breathe for our throat in order for the air to pass through. And it's important that we use our nose and that it stimulates the terminates. The terminates actually spin and they create mucus filtering, things that are happening in our nose that allow air to flow easily. And when they're narrowed, it swirls and creates more turbulence, And it also then makes our throat vibrate, which is what causes snoring. And grinding is a way to our body to compensate and wake up ourselves when we're when we clench and grind. It's a way to create that arousal to make you stop snoring and help you get the air that you need. Either case, it's a physical effort to pull air through our nose that has been arrowing. So think of it like drinking through a straw. Think if you had to breathe through a straw, that actually would lead to fatigue, to fatigue at night, to fragmented arousals, to waking up and needing a drink because now you're breathing through your mouth instead of your nose. It creates more turbulence and it triggers these compensations. Wanting to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, get a drink in the middle of the night, not being able to breathe, having your nose be congested, having a dry throat and a dry mouth. All of these create risk factors from an airway flow limitation, which then affects the function. And it refers to the physiology of the airway, the soft tissue enlarges, swelling, the mucous membrane, the adenoids, the tonsils, and it creates inflammation. But that then leads to allergies and food sensitivities, frequent colds, frequent sinus infractions, swollen lymph nodes, fat deposits in the base of your tongue. You get mucus building up in your tumor dates so you can't breathe, which then creates a whole problem. You could have cysts in your nose, tumors, creates more acid reflux from the throat and sinus drip from post-nasal drip. So now narrow airways lead to problems with the eustachian tubes in the ears, creating some hearing loss and dysfunction. So all of these obstructions are from the risk factors of airflow. So think about all of that and how it is affecting us and then it affects our behavior and especially in children when you're not getting enough sleep, you're not getting enough oxygen. Think of how it affects your behavior and how you can focus. So that's where orthodontics comes in and airway orthodontics comes in because we want the perfect occlusion. We want straight teeth, but what we really need to do is eliminate these problems that we're having with our airway in order to have better behaviors and habits. So airway fourth focused orthodontics actually realizes what's happening with these compensations and where the behaviors lie and that the root cause is breathing dysfunction. So that's why we're trying to open the airway because it will help establish better breathing long-term and it's a better long-term cure. And when you look at all of these things and you control the function with the myofunctional therapy of your tongue, it leads to long-term success and not relapse in orthodontics because we haven't dealt with the low tone and the low function that's happening in your mouth and we're opening up the airway. So that's why it's better than just standard orthodontics and waiting until your child loses all their baby teeth because when they're seven or eight, they've had 80% of their growth and development happen already. So between two and the ages of eight, you can use their growth and development, leaving those compensations behind for our kids. Dysfunctional breathing and poor tongue posture actually creates risk factors of heart disease, lung disease, kidney disease, diabetes, all of these things, all from the behavior of how you breathe nighttime breathing, it creates a faster heart rate, short bursts in breathing forward head posture creates problems with your stomach with sleeping with tonsils with tossing and turning frequent awakenings, nightmares bedwetting for children, getting up to pee in the middle of the night for an adult. All of these arousals are affecting our sleep and our rest and digest. And we're just basically running a marathon on light line because we're not getting the sleep that we need. So you can see why snoring is a problem and why people are in distress when their airway is compromised with their teeth and their malocclusion and their tongue position. So the unintended consequence of airway dysfunction is how it shapes our face. And that function gets worse. It doesn't Get better. So, poor airway leads to chronic intermittent hypoxia which affects all systems in the body. In children, it can damage their growing brain, interfere with their sleep, and aggravate the neurocognitive and behavior and development. So a lot of these kids have behavioral issues and are diagnosed with ADHD. Not that means they don't have ADHD, but it contributes to it. And it could be lessened if we could see these things younger in our kids, like when they're two or three, start looking for these things. Another unintentional consequence is poor skeletal formation from the malocclusion because is now, when you have crooked teeth, you have a obstructive airway, you lean forward to compensate. So it affects your posture. It's like this trickle down effect of your whole body, starting with your mindset and what you believe. If you can believe this is possible, if you don't, you're not even going to pay attention to this. So it starts from the top of your head and what you believe to your nose, to how you breathe, to what you put in your mouth, what you eat, how you chew, which affects your gut, your posture and everything else. So it is all connected and all so important in our mouth. Health is a warning sign of what could happen or what is happening to our body. And these are all consequences that stem from all of this and what happens with breathing and malocclusion and airflow. And so, I mean, does this affect scoliosis as well? Who knows? But you can see all these unanswered questions that happen. So studies have looked at these connections and the lack of connections that are being looked at and how they're connected together. And this is partly why I became a myofunctional therapist when I saw how this was affecting my daughter and myself and my niece and my mom and my sister. So the whole family was involved because genetics does play a huge role, but behaviors also plays a huge role. So if we can collaborate and change the process, we can have better outcomes outcomes, better outcomes with braces, better sleep, better health and living longer, healthier lives. So the role of airway orthodontics is going to help break the cycle of what's happening with what they used to call adenoid faces. So there's different terms of what happens from mouth breathing and hundreds of years of research looking into these phenotypes of dental malocclusion and what's happening with Dr. Engel's classifications and an overbite, bite, how we correct these things, how our tongue posture is. Adenoid face is only one of the phenotypes that occurs from actual airway dysfunction that we haven't talked a lot about. So various compensations lead to these phenotypes, including open bites, deep bites, class three bites, and it affects this full range of the angle classification. So in order to solve this dilemma, we need to look at this concept of airway orthodontics and the polarizing things that are happening versus nature versus nurture. So while genetics influences our facial shape, yes, the modern study of epigenetics and how genes are expressed based on their environment has dual factor. So as stated by Susan Herring, the ideal bone genes in a person's face is also can be part of this false thing that's happening with genetics. And it's actually both genetics and environment that play the factor in what's happening to how our face is developing and how we're breathing out. We can't always control our genes, but we can control our environment and the input that affect our genes, where our tongue is, what we put in our mouth, how we breathe. So the role of an orthodontist focusing mainly on growth and development is changing and we're inputting how our tongue is, how our airway is focused. And that's why airway focused orthodontist is happening and why you're seeing airway dentistry, because it's a new way of looking at things and looking at the compensations that are guiding the behavior that are stimulating our growth and development and our facial structures. And it's another way of saying that, yes, we need to look at our genes, but we need to look at our crooked teeth and our habits also. So teeth are just innocent bystanders in form, function, and the behavioral cycle that is happening. And um, all of these unintended consequences that are affecting our chin, our neck, other parts of our body are compensating for the fact that our tongue and our airway are functioning differently now. And that's why it's changing how we look and how our posture looks. So malocclusion is just a symptom in this process. So interrupting the form function behavior cycle is going to be an important thing for orthodontists to do in people's health, no matter what age you are. So the stage of development, the earlier we find these problems, recognize them and treat them, the better for long-term health growth and development. No longer can we just look at form over function. To get a child on a trajectory of optimal airway, we really need to reshape the anatomy and look at their form and function in order to affect their physiologic growth and development and their behavior. So the American Dental Association is now saying that we must help children develop an optimal airway and breathing pattern to lessen the constriction that they're having in their airway anatomy and mitigate these problems and teach them behaviors of optimal wellness as well as treat the malocclusion. So we need to break this cycle and redirect the way we think of health. And yes, we are creating beautiful smiles for that yearbook, but now we're creating more than that. We're creating good structures for breathing and optimal airway. And so it's seeing the problem differently Once we learn what the problem is and the consequences and the compensations of poor breathing, we can look at it with new eyes and we can fix this problem with a different way. Um, with new eyes, not just look at crowded teeth and want this beautiful, perfect white smile, but we also want to breathe better. And this is where Dr. Kevin Boyd is one of my mentors. I know he mentors a lot of people in starting to look at the age groups of zero to six. So we can be better prepared to screen, diagnose, and treat these younger children. Proper rest posture, meaning where the tongue is, the mobility of the tongue is going to affect how they breathe. How their face grows in development, um, what their behavior is like. So, facial growth guidance is something that Dr. Boyd talks about. And we can't adequately treat airway problems without correcting all of these things. It is definitely a collaboration with mechanically minded orthodontics, airway breathing orthodontics. They go hand in hand with wires, aligners, with guards, with these myo munchy things and the myo things that happen before you go into the braces while the kids are still young. And ideally, we need to look at structure, function, and behavior as an interdisciplinary collaboration between practitioners. And that's where Dr. Boyd and Dr. Janet have inspired um, people like Dr. Hang, Dr. Mule, Dr. Raphael, Dr. Cruz, Dr. Ruse, Dr. Mariana Evans. All of these people are working together to actually help train our dental field, dental hygienists, dentists to treat children's airways. And you don't have to be a pediatric dentist or a pediatric orthodontist, but you have to be able to know what to look for in order to look at anxiety behavior and treat what's happening. Most children in the Western societies have faces that grow more vertically now and airway orthodontics and myofunctional therapy and looking at all of these wonderful, amazing people that are collaborating together are coming up with. And though that's what I'm going to start focusing on and talking about is what we should be looking at. So when I first started this podcast, I was looking at brushing and controlling the pH in your mouth and they're only part of it. There are a whole lot of things that are involved and it starts with taking ownership of your health with airway, with water, with breathing, with nutrition, with sleeping better. All of these things that we treat children will give them a chance to grow without compromise, without a poor airway. A better airway is life-changing, not only for the child, but for us as parents and for the next generation going forward. When we talk about our diet. It's going to take three generations to get our diet back to the way it was for them to be healthy like they were when they didn't need orthodontics and they didn't have cavities. And a lot of that has to do with diet, but our diet has affected and created all of this stuff and it's creating airway orthodontics and myofunctional breathing and sleep apnea. So it's important to know about airway orthodontics, to know about what foods we're eating in order to have optimal living So taking ownership of your health is going to be really important. Starting, you know, if you've been following me, I start with oxygen, water, nutrition, getting enough sleep and respecting your body. You have to respect the only body that you get. We only get one body. So as adults, we need to teach our children how to care for our bodies because that is everything. And it starts with airway, water, nutrition. And sleep. So next week, we're going to talk more about can braces open the airway? So we're talking about airway orthodontics. You know what airway orthodontics is. You know why airway orthodontics is important. But now we're going to talk about can this actually happen and can you intervene sooner? So maybe your child doesn't need orthodontics. So thanks for listening. Stay tuned to next week's episode on Can Braces Open the Earway? Hope you have a great day. Share this for someone that you think might need to know this information. The more people that have this information, the better we can help our kids grow and develop, sleep, and breathe better. Because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a happy, healthy life. Have a great day. Thank you for listening today. If something you heard made you smile, made you think, empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure you share this with a friend. Write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook page, Dental Hygiene 411, or hit the link in the show notes to join a conversation. Until next time, breathe through your nose and share a smile. After all, they're contagious.